This is Chris from Houston, and you're listening to Drunkards United. How long you are? Well, at least we know she's willing to point it at herself when she gets beaten. She's willing to open up the show with somebody to mock her as well. Yeah, it's nice, actually. It's very comforting. Yeah, it's a nice little change of pace. So, Sad Jack, Mad Jack, against Kufal, is he just, like, beat up Jack? I don't know. Looks like a Uber driver. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Drunken United! Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the internets from me is the handyman, one Mr. Samuel Graham. How you doing there, Sammy? Um, feeling not so handy at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's working, but... That's not good. Uh, we yeah. like we like happy Sam, Sams, like, you know, no, we don't like sad Sams, like sad Jacks, right? I've, I've added my phone into the mix of holding this microphone stand together. All right. Well, we'll make it happen, killer. You'll be all right. Yep. We're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with one of your footballing friends. Uh, remember, five stars, D-back. It's all you got to do on iTunes. It's the easiest damn thing in the world. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sam, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure. Uh, you can get in touch with us over all of the social medias at D Football Show. Um, once again, I can't stress enough. We love checking our DMs and hearing from you guys. Uh, also, make sure you find the Drunkard United FC closed group on Facebook, which is where most of the banter and the not safe for work fun things like Jizz Horncamp uh, finds their way uh, for us to discuss. Um, and then you can always send an email, of course, as well. And that is dfootballshow at gmail.com. Lovely. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, what you sipping on tonight? Uh, I brought out kind of an, um, <laughs> one that we went over a long time ago. Funny, uh, me too. Maybe not that long ago. This is a Woodford Double Oak uh, single barrel that one of my stores purchased um, that I just wanted to revisit. 90.4 proof, ran me about 70 bucks. Um, pretty goddamn good. Yep. Uh, they still proof it down even though it's a single barrel, but it is excellent nonetheless. Yeah, it depends on on the uh, the bourbon house, but from house to house, it'll vary. Some will go ahead and do it at barrel strength, but others, they really want to keep their propriety blend. They want to kind of have that that trademark signature that is their brand. And so, Woodford is one of those companies. Right. <clears throat> so they'll still make it a single barrel for you, and it's still going to have nuances that other barrels aren't, but they're going to want it to be right around a certain proof. They're going to want it to still kind of hold the characteristic that is so common to them as a distillery. Right. 
Uh, so myself, I am drinking the Tamoris Beastie. This is from the Douglas Lang line that you and I have drank before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a <clears throat> what used to be called a vatted malt, but it is now officially called blended single malt. So this is a blend of only single malt whiskey. So mm-hmm. whereas like a Dewar's or Johnny Walker Blue has a grain whiskey mixed in with 51% of single malts and then 49% of a grain whiskey, this is only single malts. And uh, what's cool about uh, the Douglas Lang, there are a few that they don't mention um, because – contracts and depending on who you're dealing with some people are like yeah it's okay if you say you're using our whiskey other people are like no you can't say you're using our whiskey we're selling it to you but we're selling it to you so you don't fucking say you know right exactly. <clears throat> so some of the ones that go along in this are um uh, uh blair athol uh glenn Gorich, uh dalmore and glenn Goyne. so all highland malted whiskeys and oh, there you uh, go what douglas lang tends to do they have one that's all lowland. They have one that's all um, that's all highland. They have one that's all space side. They have one that is only Isla, and it's called Big Pete, obviously for a reason. And then they have one that represents the other islands, a la like you know Talisker and Orkney and all those type of uh, islands as well. So it's quite quite lovely. Uh, it's uh, awesome. a little little pale in color because it basically sees American white oak. And uh, on the shelf, this will run you. Uh, let's say. It's about fifty-five to sixty ninety-nine on the shelf, okay, right in that range. Not bad. There you go. All righty, kids. Well, let's uh, have ourselves a. What, what else should we do, Sammy? By the way, before we have uh, a good show, should, um, treat your mic stand stand with respect. Okay. okay. Yeah. It just fell apart. Drink and, responsibly. Yeah. And drink responsibly. So you can treat your mic stand with respect. <laughs> Very respect. good. Well, you know. <laughs> Don't drink responsibly. Well, the mic stand suffers. Uh, and and while Monday night we drank responsibly in the regards of we stayed in our home and did not get behind the wheel of a car, part of drinking responsibly <laughs> is the amount of consumption you do. And let's just say we did a lot of consuming on Monday night. Yeah, in that term of uh, uh, vein of responsibility, we failed miserably. Yeah, very. We definitely binged. Wow, did we? Um, hope y'all got a chance to hear that two-hour marathon. And uh, for our Patreon subscribers, it got even worse. Um, Sam, Sam, Sam repeats the same thing over and over and over five different ways, and uh, tried to swallow the microphone. And while I may have had coherent thoughts, the problem is, is they don't come out of my mouth coherently. So I'm just discerning the whole time as I'm trying to wrangle him in, and he's like. What I remember, oh, it was just oh my god, it was it, it was very humorous though. It was very fucking humorous. I believe my preview insight uh, into one of the games we're going to talk about was fuck them. I don't like those cunts. Yes, that was exactly one of your previews, and and then I told you we have Patreon sup- people who support both of those clubs, and your follow up was fuck them. Those teams are cunts. <laughs> <laughs> it was I was like we're doubling down on it, huh, Sam? That's what we're gonna do. He's like, yep. That's what we're doing. I got nothing else to fucking say. And amazingly, nobody canceled. How about that? All right. Listen, go hard or go home, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Heard, grown-ass man. You got them. They got the guns out and everything. You're ready to fucking fight. Let's All right. We open with a shocker. One side took a step back in their title defense, and the other takes a big step towards safety. Brighton won Liverpool nil. Um... Liverpool has now lost two at Anfield in under a month, and it's to Burnley 
and Brighton. First time. I think it's back-to-back at Anfield, isn't it? Uh, I don't think they had a game in between. Uh, they, they might have. They played away. Uh, I believe that's the first time since 2012 that that's happened. First time since I believe I heard the stat correctly it was 1972, maybe that Brighton wow. beat Liverpool in any fashion um, at all. Let alone, let alone at Anfield. At right. Uh, so it's not something that we can often say about Liverpool, but they were absolutely toothless. Yeah. Brighton outshot them. Yeah, it was horrible. Brighton from played, a Liverpool perspective. Brighton played an amazing game. I mean, now of course Klopp had a bunch of other excuses, but Klopp came out right off the bat in his post game presser, and the first thing he said was, "100% credit has to go to Brighton. They were way better than we were, and they deserve to win the game." Yes, definitely, and they did. Um, it was an amazing team performance. They had a just a, a, a solid, coherent plan that everyone was 100% bought in on and committed to, and they did not put a foot wrong. They were excellent. Well, and especially when you're playing a team like Liverpool, it's you can't make a mistake because if you make one mistake, they will normally make you pay for that said one fucking mistake. Absolutely. Funny thing um, that I saw, you don't see it terribly often, a <laughs> giant wingback. Yeah. Uh, Dan Byrne. Big uh, boy. <laughs> six foot seven. Big boy. Running wingback. Not yeah. normally a wingback. Well, uh, he normally Ooh. plays a center back when he does play. So seeing him at wingback yeah. was, was very odd. Well, they're either center back, center forwards, or goalkeepers when they're that tall. That's it. Oh, God, yes. And absolutely. So seeing him on the wing was, was quite funny. Um, but he was putting himself around well. And, and as a Scotsman, I'm sure Andy Robertson would never admit that he was terrified. But if we little Andy Robertson looked up uh, and saw Dan Byrne storming down the touchline, we might think I, I might be in a bit of trouble here. <laughs> uh, yes, very much so. And as a professional footballer, you don't have the confidence, courage, or aid of Buckfast uh, in your duffel bag to help you through bad situations. No, no. And as a Scotsman, that normally gets you by. It's the Bucky. That'll definitely take care of you. So Klopp claimed also uh, in his presser that the team is both mentally and physically fatigued. Um, I can see that. I was just going to say, welcome to the fucking Prem, mate. Well, it's not even just that. It's it's You got to think of the last two seasons. Remember, club record total points. They put laid all their nuts on the table two years ago, mm-hmm. lost the league. At Goodison went Park, thank all, you. Went all the way in the Champions League, so add in all of those tournament games. Obviously, everybody did preseason tours, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, which everyone does. Played the season where they won the Premier League. Including, um, including a shutdown with COVID. Right, and had the Club World Cup involved in there as well because mm-hmm. they won the European Cup from the year before so but during covid everybody had their own um their own personal i mean covid's still going on we're not saying that it was during the the shutdown where football was not happening um they you can't be in the same sort of shape fit general fitness is not the same as match fitness right of course um and, and training on your own is completely different than training with your team absolutely and you see some of those some of those players were cheating. 
Um, I think Eric Dyer uh, or somebody was like attaching their their club heart monitor or whatever to their dog and letting it run down the street. <laughs> and then calling it back and then saying they did their sprints. Um, I saw another funny story that it, I believe Jason Witten in the NFL, I saw this story a couple of days ago uh, during the lockdown was supposed, there were supposed to be some sort of team workouts, the, uh, the, the tight end. Um, and he came out and said, yeah, I completely faked all of it. He wow. said, I did all of my sprints in one day that they wanted me to do. I just did them in different shirts, like every 20, 30 minutes, and then sent him a different video each day of me doing my workout. That was Gronk. I was Gronk. I was Gronk. It wasn't Witten. It was Gronk. Oh, yeah. Witten's retired, isn't he? I don't. It's not my kind of football, to be honest. That story sounds familiar. Is somebody trying to hijack Gronk's life? I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Witten's retired. I just hate him that much. I hate Gronk, too, actually, to be honest. He's a meathead. Her. But he, um, yeah, so he apparently recorded like 12 workouts in one day just wearing different shirts and then just fucked off for the rest of the two months. <laughs> <laughs> and just funny. sent them, yeah, and just sent them the different videos. <laughs> so for, for Brighton, cause I mean, certainly we want to celebrate the, you know, more so than throwing it all at Liverpool and going, Oh, you lost. We talk more about the, Hey, good job, fucking Brighton. You deserve to be talked about. Yeah. Are the seagulls safe? They're not out of it, but I, Generally, over the last couple of weeks, their form has been before they were playing well, but not um, getting results. Right. Now, those results are starting to come. They're starting to see the fruits of their labor, and that can only give them confidence. I, The eye test, I'd say they're safe. But I, mathematically, I they're definitely not out of it. You have right. two bad results, and Sheffield keeps going the way they're going, or Fulham starts picking up a couple points. You're in trouble. Right, right. I, I tend know. to I tend to agree with you, which uh which is funny because that goes completely against what I felt the bulk of this season, which is Absolutely. I, didn't be- I didn't believe in them. I did not believe in Neither them did I. at all. I, I was right there with and, you the whole time. I actually think I wrote on my preseason predictions. I have them going down, I believe. Yeah. Uh so I I'm I mean credit to them. Credit to them. And of course I'll admit I'm wrong when I'm when I'm wrong, but I really I I haven't seen that. Oh fuck off. <laughs> um, but they, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely wrong. And then I, th- I think they're going to be okay. And I think there's still going to be teams that find them out because they're going to try to p- open up and play more expansive footy and it's not going to work. But of course, you know, uh, I mean, also just the, the class of the league eventually will rise to the top while this is a great result, as was the Spurs result, um, which proved it wasn't a quote unquote fluke, you know, Brighton are a decent team. Every right. now and again, West Brom will tie Liverpool. That happens. Right. But we've seen subsequently that's a fluke. Brighton are a team teams need to be wary about. But teams like Arsenal, Everton, even Spurs and Liverpool, really, their players man for man are better than them. If Liverpool had one fit real center back, this would not have happened. Yeah. No. If two of the front three weren't missing, this would not have happened. How quickly do you think? How quickly do you think Klopp uh, tries to bet in the two new transfer center backs? Like, because you got to remember, I don't these remember guys have who to... they're playing this weekend. But, oh, oh, they're playing they're City. Playing City. <laughs> you can't do they're it there. City. You really it's... can't do it there. Well, can't you? At least that's their natural position, right? True. You push Tiago out of the team, who I don't think's really helped out very much since coming into the team. No, that's fair. Uh, being one of the most highly rated midfielders in the world. 
Except for, Gra- except for Graham Lasso wanting to uh, bust a fucking nut every time he apparently kicks the ball and just goes, the ball sounds louder coming off of his foot than everybody else. Yeah. Okay. He does have a very strange way of kicking the ball. Yeah. I've, I've never seen anything like it, but I, I mean, meh. I, <laughs> it's a I, nothing stat. I, <laughs> would s- I would say back against the wall now for Liverpool. I mean... Sun, Sunday against City is an absolutely positively must win. If you do not win a, a draw, City can be fine with a draw. City could actually just go, ah, we don't have to overdo it too much. Just, you know, see this one out, get away with a point, and we're all good. That's, but a- absolutely, especially because that point would take them three points clear of Manchester United. So the best United could do would be to equal them on points and be, still be vastly behind them in goal differential. Uh, it, we'll get into it in the next segment, but they made up quite a bit of fucking ground on that this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, But they're still seven behind. Yeah. I'd so s- besides that, though, what, what, what's going on now is you have a, a much revived Chelsea with Thomas Tuchel at the helm, mm-hmm. right, on 36 points. Everton finally scored a couple of goals again mm-hmm. um, on 36 points. Tottenham wouldn't worry about them because they've they've been absolute crap. Uh, Villa, who still have a couple of games in hand on 32 points. Arsenal, who minus last result, thanks to the referee, which we'll come on to very shortly, I'm sure, is, uh, is on 31, but one loss in their last eight games. So their form has been very good. Liverpool now, if they lose Sunday, will be three in a row and they'll be on 40 points. And you realistically have one, two, skip Tottenham, three, four, five teams chasing them. Right. You know, West Ham, if they win their game this weekend, leapfrog Liverpool into fourth if Liverpool yep. lose. Absolutely. So you run into a situation now where it's getting very congested in those European spots, which we predicted a few weeks ago, of course, um, after a couple teams started figuring out their, their little blips in form. Right. And, and now, it, I mean, somebody's going to find themselves on the outside looking in. A few weeks ago, we said it was going to be Chelsea. They made a change. They look better. Tottenham now seem to be falling apart at the at the chassis. Um, Everton seemed to have raided the ship over the last few weeks uh, uh, with with the result. Right. So you know, again, Arsenal had a setback, but they were in a rich vein of form. So we'll, it, it's going to be very interesting um, over the next couple of weeks to see how this shakes out. But this is a massive, massive game for Liverpool, and far less so for City because City still have to play United as well. Yeah. So even if even if City loses, they can still claim top spot for Manchester United in three weeks. Third through tenth is anybody's game. Completely mm-hmm. anybody's game. Absolutely. He, but here's the thing. We were all convinced all along that first and second was going to be Liverpool and City. And it's starting to look like it isn't going to be that. Two matches saw double sending off and VAR rears its ugly head again. Man United 9, Southampton 0, Wolverhampton 2, Arsenal 1. So, Sam, I want to talk about each of these games individually, but let's save, other than mentioning the two penalty calls, let's save them for the end because they are eerily close. They're pretty much had, they had the exact same result, penalty and ascending off, and they had different results as far as what got overturned. So I kind of want to talk about those two instances together when we're done. All right. Can we quickly just go over the similarities so we don't have to mention all of the similarities twice? 
Well, we're just other than saying. Just listen. Okay. There's two reds in each game. One was deserved. One was not in each game. Both referees love to make it about themselves and Mike Dean and Craig Paulson. Uh, and the referees completely changed the game. United are just more ruthless than Wolves are without Jimenez. Uh, Similarities end. Now we can go into each individual one. I, I would say, unfortunately, by the law, both were reds. Uh, now, I, that's not me saying... I don't saying, even think they were that's, fouled. That's not, that's not me saying I agree with the law, but by the law, they're both fouls, they're both reds. I don't even we'll, think they're fouls. We'll, and we'll get to that. First off, let's go ahead and get to the actual game. Saints, it happened again. Nine nothing again. Again. <laughs> it happened again. It happened again. And the best part about it is you would think results like this are crazy, right? Oh, the first time since 1941 this has happened. <laughs> it happened no, again. Last year. Last year. Calendar year. It happened again. Sam came and told me the score. And I'm like, wasn't that last year? <sighs> No, it just no. happened. It no, was just happened. again. What's and, I mean, credit like? credit to them, to be honest. Five of those goals were scored after 65 minutes. Yes. Yes. So they held out. And three of them were scored after Very the well with 10 for a long time. Second. Yeah. Three of them were scored after the second sending off, too. Correct. Yeah. So, so they, they did pretty. I mean, United jumped all over them immediately when that sending the first sending off happened. Yeah. Let's talk about well, that. 90 was, sec, let's talk about that. 92nd Premier League debut. <laughs> I, if what was, I was, what was the last? Apparently, I heard. What was the kid's through name? Through the grapevine. The kid's name was Alexandre Yankovic. Okay. Now, please go ahead and continue with your story. My apologies. Ralph Hassenhutl apparently said that uh, I, I heard when I don't know that Hassenhutl said it uh, in, in, in the press conference, but um, I heard that he actually handed in a transfer request before the game and he got the start essentially to say, hey, we actually need you here. This would be nice. And then he goes and does that. Welcome to your Premier League debut. 90 seconds later. Hope you enjoyed your Premier League yeah. debut. <laughs> It's an absolutely astonishing challenge. He hit McTominay on the inside of his thighs. You're looking at McTominay on the ground and you see these two solid stripes of red going down his leg from where the cleats went down his fucking leg. <laughs> like, mate, got to at least look insane. like you're going for the ball. Gotta, I mean, b ball is on the foot. It's not in the mid thigh. Like, what's what, is he trying oh, to score with a girl balls, on her first mate. on like on a first date? I mean, Jesus, wrong balls, mate. I don't know if it translated properly, but it's football, not ball feet. Yeah, not not balls. <laughs> Bunny ball uh, ball. It was, it no, was bad. that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, that was it was it was absolutely astonishing. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, what in the fuck is happening here? This is it, it was. I've never. I have never, Rob has never done anything like this. And we've seen our fair share of Reds. And though that was, we would never do anything like this. He was set out to tear his ACL from the off. As, as a keeper. But, I, I but come, as we'll I, find out later, you cannot hold the McTerminator down. 
No, you can't. He grabbed the seventh, and what I consider the nail in the coffin. <laughs> Her nail in the coffin. Yeah, because it wasn't over at four nothing at halftime. It certainly wasn't over at that point. Um, it, the 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 tough part to watch in that is again, you always like to mention this. It's it's now granted there had already been two red cards, but where's the yellows? Right after they score that penalty. Right off the kickoff, Southampton just kicks the ball down the field. Almost to say, okay, well, mm. we're, we know you're coming back, so we're just going to go ahead and pack it all in. Like, chase a motherfucker down. Take out a fucking leg. Fuck, it just shows, like... I mean, even Hasenhutl and the post-presser would both were just dejected. The, the team seemed dejected. Oh, yeah. He seemed dejected. And I get it, because you're just sitting there on the sidelines going... This fucking shit again? Really? This is fucking happening again. Uh, but it just <clears throat> still there's gotta be some there's gotta be some some resoluteness to it. And there just wasn't. And that was that was probably the most horrifying thing to watch about that match. And you know, I you're not gonna hold it against the team scoring the goals because guess what? Goal differential is the first fucking tiebreaker. And man United well, is in that, a title that's... fight. That's the thing that I've been a little annoyed with um, over the last 24 hours is a lot of the pundits that I've been listening to uh, and the reading tweets out on the radio shows and stuff like that, where they're calling for the way Italy does things and head-to-head becoming the first tiebreaker now, in goal difference being third or fourth down the list in terms of tiebreakers. I don't care for that. Um, it's in that I can remember only happened once. And this is literally off the top of my head, um, was the United and city season, uh, where city lifted their first Premier league trophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when United, I, I think it was drew two, two, no, they won. They, no, won, they won one, at, nothing. They won at Sunderland yeah. and then city won three, two against QPR and or no city lost three, two, but United needed to win by two. No, they beat QPR. They won 3-2 because, remember, they scored an extra time. Oh, that's right. Because, right. But somebody yeah. else lost that kept QPR up. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, came, it came down to goal differential. That's right. And both – I remember that now because <laughs> both sets of fans were happy despite QPR losing because right. somebody else lost that kept QPR in the league. Right. That's right. So City won 3-2. United won 1-0. But United needed to win by two goals more than City to clinch a title. Um, yeah. And they didn't. Obviously, and that was the most exciting thing. And obviously, it's played over and over again. The most legendary of broadcasters, Martin Tyler, was the voice of FIFA for a very long time, if he's still not. And uh, his Aguero, mm-hmm. right at the death of the game, just it lives long in the memory. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And there's no way that I would take a head-to-head tiebreaker and go fuck yourself. A game in September should not matter at the end of the season in terms of you know, a winner lost by one goal. You beat me by seven. We still remember that result. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why those goals should count. I, uh, I, I'm hesitant to say to change that at all. And the we're other not, funny and we're thing, not trying to hurt feelings. We don't care about hurt feelings here. No, it's, absolutely. You're a professional. They, now, you take your ass whooping thing, and you get over it. As professionals, though, we talked about this before. Stop celebrating. Yeah. You put hey. nine past nine men. Well done. Fucking congrats, Nate. Just 
score, walk back to the center circle. Yeah. Fuck well, that. They, they did, they Unless didn't, it's your debut. They didn't overly gloat. It was most no, 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 of the no, guys no. got I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not accusing them of that. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, they did, you know, unless it's like a debut goal or something, get walk the fuck back. Yeah. Um, two funny things. So real quick, just to get it over with, Juan Basaka first, Rashford second, Benderek own goal. Uh, which I'm going to come on to in just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edison Cavani, Martial scored twice. Um, sandwiched between Martial's goals was McTominay, I believe. Fernandez and Daniel James finished it out in stoppage time. Um, uh, excuse Benderek me. Was excuse the one- me. Excuse me. Refer to McTominay by his real name. Sorry, McTerminator. Very good. Uh, Benderek was the one that saw that other red, which we'll talk to- about mm-hmm. in just a second. Again, in my opinion, not deserved. Um, but it was a red nonetheless. And uh, while he was on the field, conceded seven goals, which I've never seen this before in my life. Negative seven on fantasy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Conceded seven goals, got a red card, and had an uh, own goal. Uh, like, uh, you can't uh, have a worse day ever. No. Like, and, and that's also, that's minus nine, because I think he was on the pitch for 80 minutes, so he got his two participation points. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, his actual score was minus nine. Uh, but his participation points brought it back to not minus seven. All right. So let's go into uh, Wolves and Arsenal. Um, Wolves were opportunistic, obviously, with the sending off. Um, we'll get into the details of the sending off in a moment. But in the 45th minute, there's a penalty, which is what uh, draw, makes the game even as far at one to one between Wolves and Arsenal. Because up until that point, Arsenal was owning owning the match up into that point. Well on top. Didn't take a lot of chances. Bakuya Saka hit the post. Um, and a couple of good saves from Patricio. Uh, Pepe. Oh my God. And then in the what? 30th or 31st minute, yeah. What Pepe. an individual effort. Jesus. Nutmeg's two guys, then then takes the shot on his weak foot, and he's just known to be a left footer, like one of those guys. Big time left footer. Guard yeah. his left. He's never going to shoot with his right. He shot with his right and kissed it off the fucking post in a gorgeous goal. I mean, yep. I don't normally like to like gush praise onto your boys because you do enough of that as it is. <laughs> But fuck me, that was a great goal. It oh, really was. Jesus, it rode two challenges, nutmegged a couple people. It was it was fantastic, and came and as you said, on his weaker foot, it was it was lovely. Did the arrogant little stroll over towards the sidelines and went down on his knees uh, in a very slow slide. It was it was excellent. Oh yeah. Um, and Arsenal were well and truly on top. In fact, his and slow then, slide reminded me of the Geico commercial where the guy just slides all over the pitch, <laughs> just yeah. all everywhere. Yeah. And then the, uh, you know, a little pube on the knee of David Luiz changed everything. Yep. Yep. And then going into the second half, Wolves ultimately get their second goal, go up two to one. Well, and, the, and that was lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, that shot. You, you can't take away from the strike. The, the question remains. If there was 11 men on the field, would he have had that much time and space? Blah, 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 blah. 25, but, 25 okay. yards, 25 yards out in the center of the pitch. Someone has to look at the two central midfielders. Partey, Saka, where the fuck were you? That right. guy can't have like that. That's I mean, as far as defensive responsibility goes, if you are a central midfielder, 
I mean, that's the spot you're supposed oh, yeah. to cover. Jacques and, like, Jacques and Partey there. definitely should have been there. Yeah, Jacques and Partey definitely should have been at least somewhere near him. I mean, even um, minus the man. Like, you just know there. No, that's the no-fly well, zone. Just don't and, let and him a have lot a of, good look. A lot of 10-man drills right in training revolve around packing it in the middle and remaining steadfast. Yeah. Part of that is because that's where the fucking goal is, mate. And if you put two walls of five people where the goal is, it's really hard to break that fucking down. So you remain compact and eat up that space so they can't find it. Mm-hmm. Arsenal decided they were the Arsenal of old. And, oh, ten men, that means we're going to go score three more. Except for they didn't. So um, so they real- left that space open. And Jao Moutinho absolutely exploited it. <laughs> and it was it was terrible. So this is obviously what I'm about to say is illegal and would be called a handball. But... This is what happened. The ball came to him. He kicked it up into his hands. He looked at it, blew it, brushed it off, pushed, waved the guys back. Everybody stepped back for him, put it on the ground, reset it, and then ripped it into the back of the fucking net. I mean, he had. I like to think it's more of a happy Gilmore conversation he had with the ball (laughs) as he's dribbling it up to tee it up for himself. Go to your home, ball. Go to your home. Just tap it in. I mean, tap it. Give it a little tap, tap, tap. <laughs> you too good for your home? Yeah. It just, I mean. Good. I'm glad you took over. If I said one more line, we'd have to pay them cunts royalties. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the, again, it was a gorgeous goal. Get that. Let's talk very briefly because the rest of the match was just Wolves holding off Arsenal and really Arsenal down to nine men couldn't get to it. We have to talk about the second red card as boneheaded as Southampton's red card was in the first 90 seconds is the red card that Leno gets. That is so I think red. It's definitely a boneheaded red. Yes. I think there was a bit of a depth perception error here or a bounce error. The ball skipped off the turf a little bit lower than he'd expected it because if you look at him, he's in the air. I think he expects that ball to come up and he's going to head it out. Mm -hmm. But then he jumps and the ball only comes to his chest. (laughs) But it's Ardama Traore and if he chests it, he's fucked. So he punches it. That's where the problem is. It's like, okay, so there's a depth problem. Then you just let it hit your body and you let fucking Traore score instead of going, instead of going, oh, I'm going to just see if I can push it with my hand real quickly and nobody's going to see it. Instead of right, instead of putting us under the cost for the weekend, you just take the I fucked up. Leno. Yeah. You're not De Gea or or you know what? Not De Gea. What you're not the Manchester United number one. That's the only fucker getting away with that one, okay? Because they'll yeah. look at it and go, Well, you see, there was this thing and the way the angle hit and it really hit his 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 upper part of his arm, so you know, it, no, it's, Leno it's okay. It. Right, yeah. Actually, I didn't mean, even punch it. He slapped at it. Right, but I'm saying if it was a Manchester United keeper, oh, yeah, they would yeah, of course. figure no, out he a way to caught it, one rolled away. it out, and they'd have been like, I don't know if that's really right. Yeah, I'm not. not sure. I think I think yeah. I think it hit the shoulder blade personally. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Bruno now, still hasn't gotten a red, by the way, for stamping on Jaka's Achilles. Which again, fun. Let's let's get into it because that's a perfect example. Both of the fouls that happen for penalties. The way the rule is written is if you make any contact with a person, even if you're trying to, quote, avoid the play, it is a red card 
to make contact with a person who has a clear and obvious opportunity to score. I'm not negating the fact that both opportunities were clear and obvious because they absolutely were. But what isn't written, what is written into the rules is if you make an attempt for the ball, it's a yellow, not a red. So you're telling David Louise and Burtonak that if you go ahead and slide, maybe take out the guy's ankle, maybe fucking wreck him. As long as you're going for the ball, it's a yellow card. But if both of you try to avoid the foul and slide out of the way, and both of them barely, if even really hit them, because for Martial, Martial, I could have sworn he stopped, turned around, looked back, and tried to stretch his leg out as far as humanly possible for Birdnack to fucking hit it, you know? And in the case of Louise, it's literally um, Jose Williams, the like the bottom of his cleat barely touches his knee. And oh, yeah. I, I, I get it by rule. Those are both red cards. But it's not, but, though. But, but it's not. But, because there's a come, it, it's well, a coming together. It's a tangling of legs. Sammy, it's an accidental Sammy, contact. let me finish my thought. It here. happens all the time and they let it go. Let in the me center finish circle. my fucking thought. Give me a second. Bullshit. I'm saying that is the law. And by law, that is a red card. But as I've said before with other laws, the law's fucking written wrong. Because in those instances, if you have players that are trying to avoid the tackle, they realize that the guy's going through in on goal. And God forbid, as they're trying to avoid the tackle, fucking there's the slightest of contact, but the player, the minute they feel it goes down, it shouldn't be a fucking red. It just should not be a fucking red. For them to there's try no to... Reason, go ahead. There's no reason that double jeopardy shouldn't apply here, number one. Right. Number two, they weren't fouls. Neither of them were fouls. No. The guy weren't. was running and through running, extended his leg back into his opponent. It's an accidental coming together, and the contact was initiated by the attacking player. Yep. Fuck this bullshit. Benderex was then overturned. David Luiz's yep. was not. Well, bullshit. Well, so not only did the referee fail, VAR failed, and now the FA has also failed in one out of two instances, which is a 50% pass rate, which is a fucking fail. Well, I will say, in defense of the FA, they know David Luiz is a cunt, and he was doing it purposely, and he made it just look that picture perfect because... That man is skilled at getting a red card. You know what he did that Benderek didn't do? Was what? fall. And you know what else you haven't done yet? You're shot a fucking Malort. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to put the mic down to pour the damn thing. Heard. Ah, there it is. I'm doing it in my Charm City Gooners shot glass. Very good. Well done, brother. As he's pouring the shot as we speak. Um, The bile bile is built up around the rim. (laughs) I I would say what is interesting about about that is that the one gets overturned and the other one does not while they are the exact same foul. It does scream. They go, well, David Louise is a typical guilty party. Birdnack is not. It screams that. It absolutely screams that. Sorry, I forgot to pick the mic back up. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. It also screams uh, Craig Pawson high-fiving and elbow-bumping and fist-bumping all the Wolves players and having a good old laugh while Hector Bellerin was trying to talk to him with his hands behind his back in a very professional, captain-like manner. Cheers, Craig Pawson. You're a fucking cunt, mate. 
I can still taste it. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league in oh. So that happened. I need to separate my pages so I can read all the scores because it's a lot of games. Uh, Sheffield Pal- uh, Sheffield United 2, um, West Brom 1, Palace 2, Newcastle 1, as I tried to combine all those games together. Man City 2, Burnley 0, Leicester 2, Fulham 0, Everton 2, Leeds 1, West Ham 3, Villa 1, Chelsea 1, Tottenham 0. Um, West Brom takes an early lead. But Sheffield finds a way to come back and get all three points, making the bottom of the table a whole lot tighter. Yes. I would say the way to go about staying in the Premier League is to probably ditch the color scheme of the worst team in the league from last season. Yeah, that'd probably help. Yeah, I just don't think it puts you in the right mindset, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Um, By that, he's mentioning the yellow and green of West Brom. Their away jerseys. Yeah, that their away kits are, are terrible, uh, only worsened by their third kit, which is the same thing, but it's white and red, so it's really bright. <laughs> I will say, I will say to West Brom's defense, their second kit has almost always been that green and yellow. Um, they almost always mimic it to be exactly like their blue and white jersey. Okay. Yeah, almost enough. every well, year it is that. So not even at one point I was watching this, uh, these highlights. I didn't watch this game. Uh, and there were 10 players between the penalty spot and the goal line for West Brom and, uh, Sheffield United still scored. That's not good. That's not a staple of a big Sam team. And we, we joked obviously the week after big Sam took over. Um, they got the draw at Liverpool said, how long does it take to implement big Sam's tactics? <laughs> a week, apparently. Yeah. Well, they and, get their asses whooped, and then it was the one-one draw. Right, right, fair. So, but yeah, but he only had two days before that first one. Anyway, right. it was, it was. I think it was. I think it was you in the four-nil match was the first match for him. Probably, I think that might yeah. be right. Yeah, and the yeah, Snowmageddon. Yeah. Um. So they're in a bad spot. They got the great Derby win, sure. <laughs> they got the Liverpool draw, great, but they are really not picking up any results. I wouldn't call those to four points a new manager bounce. I don't think so. I'm starting to think that they're going to be the 20th place team. Absolutely. This this is, it's not good for them. And this was a massive six-pointer to not have the worst team in the <clears> league <throat> status kind of hang over your head. What? And Sheffield United look like they're going in the right direction and West Brom can't seem to sort it out. They just, they look at sixes and sevens. It's terrible. And their goal was even fortunate. I, I still think for Sheffield, it's too uh, too little too late um, looking at what the rest of the league is doing. Um, Newcastle. No, I think they'll go down. Newcastle could still dog their way into it, but I feel like Burnley's probably safe. I feel like Brighton really starting to feel like they're definitely safe. So it really leaves it down to it's it's Newcastle and then it's the three that are there. Well, the three that are there are seven like Fulham seven points behind them like Fulham's playing decent football as well the results just aren't coming Fulham are the Brighton of five months ago right yeah Um, agreed Sheffield United are the form team down there obviously winning three of their last six I think it is and I I believe they had a draw in there as well so they actually have a winning record over the last six games um, which is huge and a massive 10 points for them uh, equaling Darby's um uh, almost equally. I'm sorry. I think Darby got 11 points in the whole season. 
in the last six games, Sheffield United has has uh, almost equaled that record. Yeah, yeah. I it's, so, it's but it, it was it was a ugly game. Uh, the the uh, honestly, all three goals were fortunate, but Sheffield's in form, West Brom aren't, and you know when you're playing well, you get the bounces. Yeah, they got the bounces. Yeah, pretty simple. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Palace Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle gets the early lead with Chanjo Shelby in the first three minutes. And then after that, Palace just gets themselves right in the right position. Nice, solid win for Palace. So I can't remember the guy's name, but apparently there's a new assistant coach at Newcastle who was in the technical area last game when they won. Beat you guys, I believe, yeah? Yeah, and changed the formation instead of being the formation, four across he was the midfield. Animated, right. he was yelling at players, pointing. Doing right, this, instead that, of being four across the midfield, they went to a diamond. So they had the mm-hmm. two narrowed in. You had a point, and you had a deep, and that fucked Everton. Like Everton could not manage the middle of the field at all. Yeah. So right. what happened to him this week? I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. He was animated. He was pointing. He was yelling. He was yep. doing stuff. Steve Bruce said. This guy's going to take my job. Banished him to the stands for this match. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what happened? Uh, they Loss. lost 2-1. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to make mention quickly that apparently I was rather drunkenly rude to both of these sets of supporters and teams on our paid show. It uh, just so happens that the two most prominent supporters of theirs are my one and one A seed arch nemeses, which <laughs> I believe is the plural for nemesis. Uh, so hashtag, sorry, not sorry. All right. Um, Mel note to self next time Sam's out of town and can't do a show. Yeah. We are definitely absolutely positively having Brad's Brad, uh, second chair. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, no offense, Alan, cause I love you and you're my brother from another and we will always do the show together. But since he has now given Brad that kind of power, I need Brad on a mic doing a show with me when he's away. That that has to happen. Hey, that absolutely I, uh, has to last, happen. Last mention for this: mm-hmm. uh, the goal scorers, uh, Ryderwald and uh, Gary Cahill, together in combined experience, have not scored in eleven seasons. No, well, one is very, very new, and the other yeah. one is very, very old, and a center back <laughs> who isn't particularly tall, so he's not one to get his head on a corner. Yet somehow against Newcastle, got his head on a fucking corner. Well, it's just like <laughs> me and you, right? So together we have a combined experience of six years, even though we've both done this three years separately. Yeah. So combined experience, neither one of these two have scored a goal in eleven seasons, and of course. A Steve Bruce led Newcastle who banished a tactical guy to the stands because he showed him up, allowed these two, two to score goals. You can't, yep. you can't even write this. This is brilliant. So, uh, City, <laughs> City just continue to fucking roll, man. It's the only thing I worry about is Nick's Pope, the, the first goal, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nick's Pope spill, um, of the shot. It was, a, a from, Close range, relatively close range, sure, for Bernardo Silva. And that's, but, but that's rare for Nick Pope, is also. That's what I'm saying. Very uncharacteristic from Nick Pope to spill that, especially into the path of an opposition player. In this case, it was Johnny on the spot, Gabriel Jesus. And good for him. He still had a lot to do, to be honest, to get there. Uh, Marez played a great ball down the line to Gundogan, uh, who whipped in a cross because he decided, oh, I'm going to be Kevin De Bruyne today. And, uh, uh, found um, Raheem Sterling. 
other than that, um, Burnley only had a quarter of uh, possession, no shots on target whatsoever. Didn't really offer much to the game at all. And City just keep rolling. The only talking point, and it's a very simple sentence, Burnley only let in two instead of five. Yeah. Which they've done the last three times to City. Uh, including Nick Pope has let in a bunch of goals to them. Nick Pope has, Tom Heaton has, of course, Joe Hart has, because Joe Hart's given up that many goals to everybody. And then the <laughs> at 20, one point or another, and yeah. then the twenty-year-old backup keeper who I don't even remember his name shipped four to him as well. Um, mm-hmm. Foxes avenged the loss from earlier in the year to uh, Fulham, and uh, I mean, good good game for the Foxes. Very convincing. It, it, it's funny they have these off matches every once in a while, but then they rattle off three or four in a row that are really convincing. And and yeah. I feel like they're still really in the discussion for Champions League. I'm not sure if they're in the discussion. While the points say they could be in the discussion for the title, I j- the smell test just doesn't feel like they're in the discussion for the title. I'm with you there. Um, I was actually surprised to learn that Fulham had more of the ball in this match. Mm-hmm. Leicester typically only play that way when they have Jamie Vardy in the side. Uh, but they right. did sit back a bit. Uh, but James Madison is very, very convincingly over the last few weeks uh, making a claim to be the starting number 10 for England. Absolutely um, he is. At the Euros. He is in fantastic form, laid on both assists for (laughs) Leicester. Um, Now, why James Justin was in the position he was in to score the second goal, I'll never know. Because if I was his coach, what the fuck are you doing there, mate? That's Iniacho's position. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but it was a lovely bit of skill from James Madison. Took two Fulham defenders out of it. Showed the composure. Had the vision. Was calm, easy. Just slid him in, and James Justin did the rest for that second goal. The first goal was an inch perfect cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the center back's name for Fulham, but he was at full jump, and that ball maybe skimmed the top two hairs mm-hmm. on his head, absolutely, and found the forehead of Iniacho. Uh, who is the first player we're going to talk about in this next segment called Who Needs a Goal? This Fucking Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. <laughs> Nobody in the league needed a goal more than Kalechi Niacho. And uh, damn it, he got one in good form. Well, especially considering um, when a winger in Iozzi Perez is starting to start in front of you as a striker. Mate, mm-hmm. you're not doing your fucking job, That's man. Trouble, yeah. You're not, That's not doing good. your job. That's the, not good. Uh, Fulham are starting to run out of chances, man. I mean, I, I know I this is a that. game you look at and you go, we're probably not going to win this one. But uh, end of the month in February, they have uh, Sheffield and um, and uh, Palace. You, you have to come away with six points in that. And if you Absolutely. don't, and if you don't, it's over. Yeah, I can honestly say it's over. I, I, I like what Fulham's doing. I really like Scotty Parker. I really, really like Scotty Parker. And I, and it, and, and it feels like they've got some good pieces, but uh, I mean, there's only so many fucking chances you're going to get, and you're absolutely fucking, you're fucking running out, mate. Absolutely. The 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 biggest problem I see with Fulham is. And converse, I'm going to compare them directly to Brighton, right? Because they play decent football as well. Brighton start off playing decent football, not getting results. Then they see the fruits of their labor. 
Fulham start off absolute shit, then play like Brighton and are playing well but not getting results. Well, now you've left yourself no time to actually get the fucking results. <laughs> All right. So, you see um, what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, absolutely. It's like they start, it's like golf with Lewis Black. Fulham were less than shitty. They spent $10,000 in 10 years playing, i.e., the first 10 weeks of the season. Now they're just shitty. <laughs> right. Then another 10 weeks and $10,000. And now they're a little bit better than shitty. <laughs> the, the problem is, is they're still shitty. They are still shitty. So um, Everton get the quick lead. Uh, nice to see uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin score again, which was very necessary. For, Part for, two of yeah. this guy needs a goal. <laughs> yeah, would be DCL needs a fucking goal. <laughs> Um, well, and he and got also, one. It was it was it was very well done. I thought both goals though were really breakdowns from leads. Now Everton still had to score; they still had to do their thing. Um, but um, uh, Godfrey, I think, was who flicked on. Um, uh, no, that first, the, uh, no, the that was uh, oh, the first goal was Andres Gomez was to yeah. was Gomez to Digne, Digne across the center of the box to Gilfie. And Gilfie came out of nowhere. I didn't even know he could run that fast anymore. And he came out of nowhere. Where was the Leeds defense? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was. That's what I'm saying. Who yeah, was, was, who was tracking Gilfie Sigurdsson? Uh, and then also, um, for the, for the second goal, but was another defensive breakdown, in my opinion, off the, um, the corner. I think it was mm-hmm. Godfrey got the flick. Where was the Leeds defender on Godfrey? And then Calvert Lewin was a, a, free header completely free header at the far post it's like they just they could not track the runners from everton i don't know if it was a i couldn't see any sort of training ground routine or you know any picks for lack of a better term to use a basketball term any pick set or anything well in defense it is Leeds defense we're talking about here and a marcelo bielsa trained team uh defense is kind of a secondary thought well, fair enough, and 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 that I mean, honestly, that was my 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 last sentence in my notes that I uh, my final analysis for this game is: if Leeds have their shooting boots on, they're fine because the chances in this game were about even, right? But if they don't have their shooting boots on, they lose. Period. I I would say Everton was very fortunate to get that second goal uh, as I was watching the match. So we watched with uh, Geckel and Brody and uh, Taylor. And uh, uh, Jason, who's a, a Leeds fan, that's a friend of um, a friend of Brody's. And we're watching the match all together on Zoom and the very clinical opportunities that Everton was getting in the first half and not putting him in the back of the net. When Dominic got his goal, my my exact response at that time was we needed that goal because if we didn't get that goal, we're going to fucking lose because right. we we really had the upper hand in the first half and very typical to what Everton like to do for some reason is they come out of the fucking second half. I mean, I guess Carlo's just a little too uh, nice to him at halftime because they never come out of the gate good in the second half. Um, two thoughts. When Pickford comes back healthy, please keep Olsen in the net. He made three <laughs> huge saves and those three saves you look at and you go, Pickford would have fucked one of them off. And we did the transfer window, but we missed a very important thing. Leeds made the signing uh, in the January transfer window of um, bringing over Tottenham Hotspur's pitch, 
to replace their pitch at Ellen Road. And, um, mate, you got it all wrong. It's the worst fucking signing of fucking January transfer window is that fucking pitch. Because all I saw was a fucking slip inside the entire fucking match. The entire fucking match. Um, Let's wrap up these last two real quick. Um, West Ham and Villa. If only somebody in a drunken stupor during a uh, transfer recap had said, Moyes is going to get the most out of Jesse Lingard. Oh, yeah, that's right. I fucking said that. You might have been blackout drunk and not remembered it, but I sound check, and that is exactly what I fucking said. What did Jesse Lingard do, Sammy? Uh, Jesse Lingard uh, had two goals there, my friend, <laughs> and I believe my first line of notes here says, "Welcome back to football, Jesse Lingard." <laughs> um, uh, so I, I heard something today that I wasn't really aware of, and I, I just want to make this quick point: is Jesse Lingard is regarded as like the kid oh he's ah he's just a young lad blah 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 he's immature it's okay don't mind his antics it's fine paul pogba is younger than him wow and paul pogba fans uh specifically that player's supporters are uh constantly online talking about things like why are you giving lingard a free pass he's the senior man at this club (laughs) <laughs> uh, when he was with United. Right. Um, but obviously, uh, and, and Jesse Lingard, who I have a special hatred for because he always seems to only play well against the Arsenal <laughs> um, uh, and really would be his only game in the team for a run of five or six games is when they came to the Emirates. Uh, and he would inevitably get a goal. But it, it was good to see him. He, he's been through some rough stuff. Um he was taking care of his mother, his family. Uh, his mother was sick. He has a lot of younger siblings. He was taking care of them. A lot of things going on uh, personally that took away from his his ability to play football and uh, and and happily express himself. And um, some of those problems have passed. Obviously, United signed players in his stead. Jack it consoled nice. one of his girlfriends for a little while after uh, they broke up. Could be, yeah. No, it, it, fact of oh, that happens <laughs> Gre- Grealish Grealish consoled uh, one of uh, Lingard's uh, exes well, nice to know John Terry's having an effect over there yeah. uh, again, again, <laughs> just proving what I say Villa Fox um, what, it, it, what? It's, it's nice to see a player that that cared so much for his family it actually affected his football first off of course you know because they are human beings and people have to remember that. And when, when this kind of thing happens, um, I don't mind it to be honest with you because the, it needs to highlight the fact that they are human beings. Uh, but to see him come back from that and the joy with which he played this game, the energy with which he played this game was, was actually great to see, to be honest with you for, for somebody that I don't particularly care for as a player because of what he does to my team. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see um, just on a human level uh, what he achieved and, and Suchek fantasy wise getting the goal again uh, for me is also fucking brilliant. Uh, something worth mentioning. And of course, Mel will uh, get to you here in just a moment with your shot. No rush. Um, not something we've been able to say this entire season. There may have been games where Jack was getting frustrated or not being able to take over a match or things of that nature. Uh, Kufal took Jack, put him right in his fucking back fucking pocket. 
Yep. Jack got Jack got owned. And and that's something we have not been able to say about him at all this entire season. And for those of you who are part of the Drunk United <laughs> FC group, one Mr. Smokey oh has my. made it a great point to let Mel and Lindsay, I'm sorry, her highness and Mel know exactly how much Kufal folded up the napkin that is Jack and and tucked it right into his back pocket and said, you stay right there, mate. You're not going to do a fucking thing this match. So, Mel, while you uh, if you have something to say about the match, get it in now, because when you take your shot, I'm going to read the haiku uh, (laughs) that Smokey posted in Drunkard United FC. I I really don't have anything to say. Um, Smokey, I am not acknowledging a single fucking thing you have posted, although I did watch the entire video of the last thing that you posted. (laughs) I just refuse to acknowledge any of it. So, uh, yep, up yours. So uh, Smokey posted a, a little poem uh, here with Ow, Jack Grealish in the front seat of a car looking yet. in the rearview mirror to see Vladimir Kufal uh, <laughs> in the back. And it says, I look in the mirror. What do I see? Vladimir Kufal staring back at me. <laughs> I tried a little dive, so he put me in his pocket. As I writhed in pain, he was off like a rocket. I see him in my dreams and in my nightmares, too. This wide-eyed little fullback who wears the claret and blue. <laughs> I, smoky bloody fucking brilliant fucking tears <laughs> bloody bloody fucking brilliant it really was and 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 hey credit credit to him because nobody's been able to fucking unlock that lock this entire season and he, i mean credit to jack he's had a great fucking year and you shut him the fuck down just yeah, not absolutely common. Finally, last game that happened today, uh, Chelsea pretty much owned Spurs despite the scoreline. That sh- it looked like they had worse. an extra man on the field. Yeah, it really. Well, they did have an extra man on the field because Harry Kane apparently wasn't on the field because he's been injured for two and a half games, which <laughs> Jose was more than glad to let us know about. Funny, yeah. Jose hasn't talked about players being hurt at all this entire season. After this match, talking about uh, LaCelso being hurt and Kane being hurt and all the, uh, we're not able to do what we want to do because we're missing the most important players on our team. Well, two games ago, pre-match, somebody asked him, what are you going to do about the injuries and Harry Kane especially? And he goes, I prefer to talk about the players that are in my squad and the game that's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, remember, changed pretty quick after two shite results. Remember I? the first time he played Liverpool when he came out with the whole list of the entire uh, players of <laughs> Liverpool that were perfectly healthy and ready to play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember Somebody that one very well. Should troll him this weekend <laughs> and list all of the first team players that are healthy, including <laughs> Hyun Min Song, who didn't do a fucking thing. Who? My notes for this game, I'm doing this one from memory. My mm-hmm. notes for this game are wow, Spurs are bad. That's all I wrote. You can see it. I circled well, it right there. Wow, Spurs are bad. It's, I, I can't say I don't agree. I mean. Jose's got the shackles on him, and you can see it. They barely made it past three quarters down the field at all for the first 65 minutes. Is is Son fucking Scotty Pippen? Like the minute Jordan's gone, he can't you know, fucking pr- perform? Like, what ugh. weird is, what was it, two, three years ago when Kane went out injured for his yearly month-long sabbatical, 
Um, he was fantastic. Son was on eight fire. goals, nine goals, or something. Him and in a Lucas month. Mora were you... unstoppable. Great. Yeah. Now they're average at best. Um, I don't know what it is, but I, I, it has to be the tactics because for the last 12, 13 minutes of that match, Spurs were well and truly on top. Right. They, it's like Jose said, fuck it. Go right. ahead, do what you the want. Very, but and it was allowed the very them. end of the game outside of that. Mm-hmm. And at that point, too, even Chelsea is going, all right, time to see this one out, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to stand back, see it out. It's fine. So you're, so Chelsea's even allowing you a little more of the, of the field because they're trying to just see the match out. But that's when you care. That's when you're going to start trying. And then even more interesting, and it's a little bit on his uh, post-presser as well, but uh, why no bail? Gareth Bale is one of the, quote, best players in the fucking world, and you've got him, and he's a natural goal scorer. Why the fuck isn't he on the fucking pitch, right? You got to throw him on there to to give it a go. I mean, he has, he's been shit since he's been back, to be honest. I mean, his form has not been good. I don't think he's scored for Spurs since he's been back. So in the post-presser, the post-presser, Obviously, the person asking the questions, the journalist, is asking questions that naturally the fans want answers to. This is exactly what was said. Um, why not Gareth Bale? Why didn't he come onto the pitch? Why didn't he get to play? Mourinho. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't deserve an answer. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Uh, Pat finally hit for a decent enough bet. Take a little bit of a sting off of his hole he has dug himself. But the rest of us lost. Graham, you are back to losing regularly again and are at minus 265. What do you have for us this week? I've got uh, a couple of favorites that should be pretty simple. Leicester to win over Wolves and City to win over Liverpool at plus 343. And I think I'm down 265 right now. Is that right? Yes, 265. Yeah, so 343 would get me back to about 78 bucks, I believe it is, uh, to the positive. Very good. Um, You're parlaying that? I would like that very much if that could happen. Excellent. Well, that's going to be a little different from what I'm doing because I'm still betting $100, but I'm doing it in separate bets. Let's go ahead. I'm betting 100 bucks. On that parlay. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm doing something kind of similar. I'm doing two separate $50 bets, but Mm, I'm betting $100. mm, So mm, let's mm, go ahead mm. and get to our boy. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. We are recording late tonight, and he has to be up really fucking early because those cases do not deliver themselves for fuck's sake. And, you know, give give my man a little credit on tonight, and I'm not going to hold it against him. Super Bowl Sunday Spectacular. I don't know. Somebody got to tell him you have to call it the big game, right? Because unless you pay for it, you're not allowed you to pay for it, it right? if you say Super Bowl. Oh, I, I went ahead and paid for it, guys. Okay, cool. We're good. To. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Cool. Um, By the way, Sam, you're moving to the hen house outside. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? That house is bigger than ours. <laughs> All right. I am riding high off my midweek hit, which puts me down now only And I have serious gambler's regret. That's right. If you're a D-Gen like me, you're only happy when you hit after a few mere minutes. Then regret comes in. 
and I only wish I had risked more. So this weekend, in honor of Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to do a round robin of with three televised games on NBC starting at 7 a.m. There is a fourth game, but I guess Chelsea didn't make the cut because, you know, fuck Chelsea. So I'm going to put 100 three ways. So he's doing three $100 bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lester over Wolverhampton at plus 110. West Brom plus one and a half goals against Tottenham, which honestly Tottenham wins one nothing. So I think that's going to probably be a winner for him. And I can't believe Manchester City is almost even odds at plus 103 to win outright against Liverpool. Now, if I hit all three, I'll win $816.50. If I hit only two, depending on which two, I'll calculate for Monday. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday, guys. And if anybody wants to take a ride with me to Harrington or Charlestown on Saturday to place some wagers on the Super Bowl, let me know. I'll go to Delaware. Easier. I'm sorry. I'm checking my notes. I had actually paid for the Puppy Bowl, not the Super Bowl. So we need to go back. So we have the small, we have a small game. <laughs> need to beep out the uh, Super Bowl. Like, remember <laughs> our first couple of episodes where we used to beep out all the fucks? And then she just went, I'm tired of doing 50 beeps a fucking show. So fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. All it's right. a small game. All right. I am on a massive, massive slide. Jesus, it's been like seven in a row that I've lost. And it's I am now brilliant. down $555. But Sam, it's documented in Vegas that I have a record of 102 and nine when betting after a loss and recording a show blackout drunk. Sam, the numbers do not lie. Big Sam's lock of the week. 25% of the time, Sammy, it works 100% of the time. Mm. Tried and true method right here, my friend. Tried and true method. Yeah, down to a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to take two separate bets, both $50 bets, both on the same game, and I'm going with two uh, goal scores. So it's still a $100 bet, and if both don't hit, I still lose $100 as per our normal agreement. Now, first off, I am going with goal scores, and I'm going with goal scores in the same match. I'm going with two Liverpool goal scores in the City match. First, 50 on Mo Salah, which if that hits, it pays out 135, and 50 on Mane, which pays out 180. So if and you're doing them separately, not yes. in a parlay. Right. So if Salah hits and Mane doesn't, I win 85 bucks. If right. Salah doesn't, but Mane does, I win 130. If both happen, I win 315. Got it. So I, for, for some dumb reason, and I don't know why as an Everton fan, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel like Liverpool desperately needs this. And one of their two goal scorers, if not both, are going to come proper. Um, you would hope so for them. Yep. So I mean, you wouldn't, but some people would. Right. Well, <laughs> that was a great segment, Sam. It really was. Actually, very well done. And credit to you this time. You weren't half bad. Oh, hey, thanks. But we give you more. We give you a prognosticating piece of poultry. We give you <laughs> Kitty the Chicken. Prognosticating <laughs> poultry. <laughs> 
Well, Liverpool has not been kind to Kitty this season. No, she, she hasn't. Bets them, and she currently sits at 10 and 12. Now, the snow has settled down around here, and Kitty was in good spirits, so I decided to give her Sheffield Uplands! Hosting Chelsea. Now, Kitty quickly grabbed some old photos. I believe they were Polaroids mm-hmm. uh, of her in Soho at the 100 Club from the early 90s. And she was at a pixie show with Steve Jones and the late Joe Strummer. Now, Sammy, do you know who either one of them are? No, they happen to have a little like a dabble in the oil game. No, no. Um, you know, Steve Jones happened to be the lead guitarist of, I don't know, a band called the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And uh, Joe Strumner happened to be the front man of, I don't know, a band called The Clash. And be- okay. besides being icons of the London punk scene of the late 70s, apparently they both support Chelsea. So it looks like Kitty is taking the pensioners to win. Did I say that correctly? You did. Pensioners. 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 Fuck it. It's all right. You know what I can say correctly? I mean, you substitute racist. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's Katie's pick this week. And everyone, please do always remember to gamble legally and responsibly. The views of most Chelsea supporters on two platforms do not reflect those of Kitty the Chicken. Yeah, heard. Uh, Anyway, uh, this is our fantasy segment, which my phone seemed to have backed me out of for some reason. Uh, We had a couple of very interesting results this week, which I am very close to pulling up right now. The auto sub rule actually got me a draw versus Kenny uh, with Mendy's clean sheet. I was in dire trouble, but um, they gave uh, uh, Hoiberg uh, a fair amount of respect uh, for his performance today. So I got a little bit of bonus points for him. And then they auto subbed in somebody that scored two. So I equaled his clean sheet. <laughs> and uh, Same thing happened to, to me in the reverse way. Yeah. Worked on it. Uh, Alan Brody uh, beat out Taylor big time, uh, 48 to 26. Uh, his team name this week is very funny because Jamie Vardy's out. It is Vard Knock Life. Uh, <laughs> it's a Vard Knock Life for, <laughs> for us. us. It's a Vard Knock Life for us. You got to go high. Uh, Firehawk loses 20 to 33 to Elliot. Um, 33 to 25. Keith took out Alberto. Rob, the unfortunate person that had Ben Direct in his starting 11, finished Ow. with only 18 and lost out to Ray 43 to 18. Uh, you, my friend, got the other draw against Sparkly Water, uh, who Russ is the manager of 36 to 36. Yeah. Deckel, uh, edged out JB 47 to 42. Uh oh, JB saw a loss. Lindsay almost doubled up Smokey 43 to 26. Now that quickly leaves Ray at the top of the league, but that's not the story. The story is Sparkling Water. Plain Jane, nasty-ass, sparkling water Russ gets himself on point difference out of the golf fantasy reporting situation. And Mel, in your honor, Russ, is drinking a bubbly. 
<laughs> and Chris Firehawk drops down the exact same record. Patreon both listener, them, by the way. Both of them 6-1 and 15, but Russ actually has 638 points to Chris's 545. Chris, Geckel, we, though, is still in the relegation places. We written articles about fantasy golf. Geckel is still in the relegation places in 13th with 814 points. <laughs> I know, it's insane. Which is more than Alberto in 9th at 737. <laughs> <laughs> he also has more than both the 6th and 7th place team. And that's it. Everybody else uh, has more than him. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He has more than Ray. He has 814. Ray has 810. And Ray's <laughs> at the top of the table. <laughs> uh, so unlucky. But there is, the, the there big is loser one, of the weekend is obviously Chris. There is one every year in every fantasy sport. It doesn't matter what Absolutely. fantasy sport you do. No, 100%. There is one that dominates in points and is shit in results. <laughs> 100%. And um, uh, so, yeah, but the big loser of the weekend for real is Chris. Uh, he now occupies the fantasy golf places. Although Russ is not terribly far ahead of him. So this is going to be a lot of fun watching um, watching this relegation battle here uh, on the Drunken United Football Show. And what's funny is we did the Zoom to watch the game. All Taylor could talk about is, God, I hope I tank it so I could be the one who writes fantasy golf bets. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all he cares about is the opportunity to write a fucking bet. Right he bits, doesn't yeah. want success. He just wants to write bits. Yeah, I'm no, he, sure he, Russ or Firecock would let uh, Taylor ghostwrite for them. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they probably would. Well, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Uh, Sammy, any parting words? Let's go through my notes real quick. Um, nah, nobody was cunty this week. All right. So we get away with one, huh? Yeah, we had a cunt-free week. How I'm about good. that? <laughs> Amazing. It happens every once in a while. Uh, no, every- don't look at me like that. I'm married. Come on. all right that's gonna wrap it up everybody uh next up is injury time where we preview the weekend's action well the midweek no the weekend's action i get lost because we've been doing (laughs) i don't know what day it is we've been doing two a days two a weeks for so fucking long i forget what fucking time it is as we preview the weekend's action and sammy if one wants to check out injury time how do they go about doing that very simple, actually. You just go to www.patreon.com backslash Show in your internet browser of choice. You then sign up to one of three different tiers. Caveat, the top two are the ones that get you the extra content. So just make sure you do that. It's uh, either a $5 or a $9 uh, donation because 10 is too fucking much, mate. You know, how about that? You only have to do it once. You definitely lengthen it out quite a bit, you whore. All right. Till well, next. That's kind of my idea. <laughs> till next week, everybody. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow the Lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, Sam Graham.
hit the fucking new button.